This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Hi everyone. We we have a, a literal treat for you because we're going to be talking about <laughs> bread today. <laughs> we have Nathan Hessing on the podcast. And um, Nathan, you are, the, I call you the bread guy because mm-hmm. as most of my followers know, I don't like grains. I, I take most of my clients off of grains when we are trying to heal up their guts but I, I understand that there is a, a time and a place for grains. Yes. And that's what we want to talk about today. And Nathan, he he owns a company. It's called the Time Travelers Bakery. Correct. And this is how I met him. This is how we met him. We were at the Provo Farmer's Market mm-hmm. and we were going by his stand and I was like, tell me about your bread. And he said, this is the bread that people with autoimmune issues can't handle. And I was like, what like, <laughs> does that even exist? And mm-hmm. so he's here to educate us on why that kind of bread can exist and why we have gotten to this point in the first place, because we, we are all sick. Oh right? yes. And we're all <laughs> eating what we call Frankenstein food. Of course. Frankenstein wheat. Mm-hmm. And so Nathan is going to tell us how we got here and how we can move away from it. So, yes. By the way, we, we really, really love this bread. It's not just that People can handle it. It tastes, it tastes incredible. Unbelievable. It's, people taste it and they're like, wow, this is the best bread I've ever had. No, it, it's And that's really, what I thought too. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Actually, when Nathan brought some into the clinic, we had most of our clinicians there that day, and everyone was eating this. And they're like, holy cow, this is so good. Uh-huh. And then they came in like a few days later, they're like, I just want that bread again. Uh-huh. It's really good bread. So and and we're also going to be giving away the opportunity for people anywhere in the mm-hmm. country to get their hands on this. On now, some starter. We're not going to ship you some bread. Might not mm-hmm. be in such great shape by the time it gets to you, but we're going to send out some starter to mm-hmm. five people. Is that what we decided? Yes. Yeah. To five and people. instructions on how to make it yourself and how to learn how this process works. So you Perfect. can like really get down and dirty in your own kitchen. So we will Love tell it. you how to get yourself signed up for the, the drawing on that toward the end here. Exactly. But just know that this could be yours. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Nathan, tell us about you. Tell us about, because he has a really cool story too mm-hmm. of health issues and everyone needs to hear it because they will relate to it. Mm-hmm. So tell us about you and your health history and your journey and how you started this company. Perfect. Okay. First of all, I just want to thank, say thanks for having me on here. This is amazing. I am so happy that I get to tell more people about this bread because it's literally changed my life. I'm so glad. Um, the reason why we call our bakery Time Travelers Bakery is because we believe in the phrase back in time, back in health. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you go it. and do things the way that they were done before autoimmune disorders were so rampant, because I believe that they've always been a thing, yes. Mm-hmm but they've been a razor's edge fringe thing. And now they are the norm. If you go back in time and make it that old way, then all of a sudden this stuff doesn't exist anymore. So that's how we make our products is the old way. Because we ate grains for thousands of years. That's the way we survived. And And then the past hundred years, we can't tolerate it anymore. Totally. The past 20 years, we are allergic to it. We are sick from it. Yeah. Like what happened? Yeah. So you have to go back in time. And I don't know if we've told you this before. We talk to our audience about this all the Mm -hmm. time, but... We are all about getting back to the ancestral ways. In almost every single aspect of life, we are healthier if we do what people did many, many generations ago. Oh, yeah. And this is no exception, not a surprise at all to me, Mm -hmm. but very, very exciting. Perfect. Now, before we get into it, I Mm -hmm. want people to realize our ancestors ate bread and they ate grains and they Mm -hmm. ate fruits and they ate vegetables and full gamut of the diet, not just bread or Cheetos McDonald's fries and bread. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like whole foods and grains. Correct. Because mm-hmm. that is still under that umbrella, Yep. but it's been Frankenstein. Yep. And that's very important for me with my autoimmune disorder. Cause I'm um, like, we were saying, I have a story myself, a health journey and I do have an autoimmune disorder. It is important that I watch everything that I eat, not just my bread intake. Um, and so that I eat my fruits, my vegetables, and I have a wide a range of colors and mm-hmm. everything. Yes. Um, but going a little bit more into my journey, I growing up, I was a cross country runner, mm-hmm. which is very demanding of your body and also very invigorating really. Yes. Um, 
but I always had chronic fatigue mm-hmm. and I never really figured out. I always kind of was like, maybe I get tired more fast than other people, or maybe it's just me and my teenage brain, you know, teenagers get tired. And yeah. then I went to college and, oh, college people are tired or, you know, you're, you're busy, but right. you don't realize that you are out of the norm until the crap hits the fan basically. Yeah. And what that meant for me was all of a sudden for five years, I had full body pain. Um, wow. That, How old were you? I was 22 when it started, I believe. Wow. And the mm. chronic fatigue, like when were you tired? So chronic fatigues like really started teenage type mm. of years, more like 14, wow, 15. That's so yep. young. Uh-huh. Um, and then you were saying like, what time of day was I tired? Oh, or no, no, no. Just like, like what, sorry, oh, yeah. what, what, like what year, I yeah. guess, like ages and so stuff. So it was like so, teenage yeah. years up yeah. to mid twenties. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I'm a busy human because mm-hmm. I am a busy human. I'm a huge extrovert. I but no, yeah. that's not why you can be extroverted and not be tired. Um, <laughs> but just kind of discussing this full body pain, full body pain, um, my back, lower and upper shoulders, neck, my head, I would get chronic tension headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a period of time when Excedrin was pulled off of the market because oh. there was a bad batch. Oh yeah. my gosh. I remember I called my mom and I was like <laughs> having a breakdown oh, no. <laughs> because <laughs> chronic headaches were part of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had hip pain, knee pain. That's actually where it started. My had falling arches and things got so bad that I actually thought that by the time I was 35, I would probably be, have some assistance with a walker or a wheelchair. Oh my oh gosh. gosh. Um, I actually had a doctor, a, a chiropractor tell me I would need like full black sur- back yeah. surgery by the time I was 30. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So when we're told these things in our early 20s, yeah. it's really scary. Mm. And it's I was told really similar scary. things that knee surgery yeah. would be a thing. And- it does Insane. a number on you emotionally, yes. mm-hmm. right? And you start to have all these stories playing your head about the terrible future. Yeah, and, and Yes. Yep. Which this actually kind of transfers into another one of my symptoms, I had horrible mental health issues. So Mm -hmm. I had anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking like anxiety and depression that we all experience or even just, you know, our normal quote unquote level of anxiety and depression that's still diagnosable. I had to quit multiple jobs, careers. I'm actually, I went to one of the top business schools in the nation and I graduated and had to quit my career Wow, because of how horrible it was. Wow. And so things were getting really bad. I actually, then I gained 40 pounds because I couldn't take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And what were doctors telling you at this time? So they were telling me, oh, it's coming from your hips. You mm-hmm. need to do, you know, this type of physical therapy or it's coming from your knees, you know, those kind of like mm. coming from the base of your body. And they were just telling you like, take more pain pills, yes. like all this stuff. Mm. Yes. Like and no one ever told you you had autoimmune, you have leaky gut. No. Like your body is attacking itself. It took years for us to get to the idea of autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But even before we got to that idea of autoimmune, I just kind of was like, I need to go to therapy. I need to go to a therapist and mm-hmm. figure some things out. Yeah. And here's where things started to get really interesting because I noticed as I went to my therapist, my pain levels started to go down. Amazing. Which is crazy. We always forget that the brain is part of our body. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That it's a mind, body, spirit connection. Whatever that spirit looks like for you, whatever Mm -hmm. that brain looks like for you, like all three of them exist and you have to take care of every one of them. Absolutely. Actually, in our hair analyses, Mm -hmm. emotions show up a lot. Oh, yeah. So it it measures all these body systems and then emotions. Every time emotions come up, I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. Like, (laughs) we got to go there. (laughs) And just speaking about emotions, autoimmune disorders usually come up after a traumatic experience, whether it be Mm -hmm. physical like a car wreck or mental and physical, like giving birth and a traumatic experience doing that. That's a very Mm. mental, physical, spiritual, all of it experience. Totally. I totally Um, agree with that. So I, again, went to therapy. I started noticing some pain levels going down, but I couldn't like eradicate it. It was just kind of like a little tick. Like I could notice I was kind of chipping away at that wall. Mm -hmm. Then I did an an elimination diet, which you guys tell a a a lot. Yep. I, yeah. I put most of my people on an elimination diet, like, or some kind some, of catered. Some form of removing yes. yeah. stuff. Not right? extreme Not because most formal. people can't like handle the extreme, yeah. but yeah. we do the big bad guys, right? Mm, for like sure. the grains, the dairy, the corn, the soy, the sugar, of the course. peanuts, right? Yes. And so, so <laughs> yeah. you went, did you go on a, like an intense elimination diet? Or? So I, it was kind of intense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a modified whole 30, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. What, what I did was I read the whole list of everything that whole 30 says to take out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of let that sit in myself yeah. and say, which of these do I feel I need to take out first? I love that body oh, intuition. That's yeah. amazing. I, How did you know to do that? I love it. Um, I've just 
that's just the way I work. I love it. I love <laughs> um, it. I just, for me, it was also kind of a spiritual thing because I'm a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that someone has to believe in God to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. I do personally, but like, I, that was a very spiritual experience for yeah. me. Like yeah. just saying my body has worth, my spirit has worth, my brain has worth. Like I need to like honor them and let I them speak to me. Um, thank you. <laughs> no, because with my clients, like one of my, one of my clients this week, just, this is so important and I mm-hmm. want to hone in on it so mm-hmm. that people that are listening, like you need to be a part of your healing process mm-hmm. too. Don't just let people dictate it to, mm-hmm. to you. Don't let me dictate it to you. Don't let a doctor dictate it to you. I had a client, I put her on a protocol mm-hmm. and she, um, she did it and she just wasn't feeling good. Yeah. And she texts me and she's like, I'm taking myself off of all of this because I don't feel good. And I text her back and I said, I am so proud of you yeah. for listening to your body and doing that. And she said that, and she said that text made her ball, you know, because yeah. one, she has been so traumatized. Like she has PTSD from doctors just hounding I and hounding and I hounding. I wouldn't doubt if I had it the same. Yep. And so she, and, and I was like, wait, I made you cry. I'm so sorry. She's like, no, no, no. It was a very benign text, but you didn't, you didn't realize like the power you gave back yeah. to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, and so her using her intuition and me just being around on the edges, mm-hmm. like saying, Hey, let's try this direction now. Yes. You have to be the the pilot on the ship, totally. right? So I'm so glad you brought that up. But keep, it's keep but going. it's more than just that, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually trusting yourself yes. enough yes. to listen to your intuition. Mm-hmm. And then also saying, I'm probably going to be wrong or not know some things and we'll adjust as we go. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll learn that, oh wait, I don't have to cut out sugar 100%, mm-hmm. but I do have to be aware of the, mm-hmm. I only eat it in dark chocolate or, you know, yes. whatever, <laughs> because you have to yes. adjust as you go. Exactly. That's part of the learning experience. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I did this elimination diet. What I ended up cutting for myself was I cut gluten, dairy, rice, and then like beans, legumes, nuts, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which, and then I, and that, that naturally limited my sugar intake. Cause mm-hmm. when you cut gluten and rice, yeah, you're not eating sugar no. unless you're front of mind saying I would like some sugar, mm-hmm. which in my opinion is the only time we should be eating sugar is oh. when it's front of mind. When mm-hmm. we it's say, intentional. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Sugar is not great, <laughs> yeah. but if it's intentional, then that's a little bit different than just having it in everything. And, and bringing in that emotional piece of it, Correct. doing it, knowing that this is something that I'm going to enjoy and it's mm-hmm. going to make my experience more rich. Yeah, exactly. Does have benefits, right? Correct. That will help to kind of counterbalance the fact that you're getting sugar. Correct. As opposed to all of the hidden sugars, Correct. we don't even realize we're getting them. And you're like, why am I so tired? Whereas mm-hmm. if maybe you say, hey, I can eat this because I know that tomorrow is kind of my day off and it is good for me to have a little bit every once in a while so right. I can feel like a human because that's important. Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, front of mind is important. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I eliminated. When you think about gluten, dairy, rice, and legumes, that's a lot of your nutrients. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of them. Yeah. And me being a tall, slim runner male who had just gained 40 pounds, but still, you know, <laughs> but still it, for me, the weight just boom, fell off, but... I wasn't getting the nutrients I needed. Mm-hmm. For example, um, I couldn't participate in running, even mm-hmm. though I now didn't have pain. Mm-hmm. When I cut those things out and did the mental health stuff, the pain went away. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the anxiety and depression, everything that I named earlier, like went away. Amazing. Um, the stuff that we thought I was going to have surgery or all this stuff for went away, but. Still, I couldn't run. I was struggling to get to the nutrients I needed, so it actually, I was losing hair. I couldn't do a long car ride to my parents' house because mm-hmm. I was too afraid that I would fall asleep. Wow. There. wow. And the worst thing I would say is with nutrient deficiency, if you're prone to anxiety or depression, you might be able to take bad things out of your diet and have the depression go away. But once you get nutrient deficient, the depression mm-hmm. might start coming back, mm-hmm. which is what happened yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Everything that I'd taken out, I was okay with taking out with, except for wheat. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like this is important. Yeah, I feel like it's really important that that I figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started doing research, and that's what led us to figuring out how people can have wheat and how people can have gluten back yeah. in their lives again. So let's start there then. Yes. What went wrong because yes. grain is so toxic. Right. Yes. It's so toxic. So yes. how did we mess this up? Okay. So there's two key points that I discovered in my research and in my journey of figuring out how to get wheat back. Before you go into that, yes. are you now eating like nuts and legumes again? You've healed I am. It. You're, you've reintroduced yes. everything, healed your leaky gut. Yep. You can eat like the whole spectrum of food. Yep. Awesome. I can eat everything except for 
um, just like your normal grocery store milk off the shelf. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt me, but it does make me constipated, if I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I can eat any like high ferment dairy, like, you know, like Like the cheese that they would have eaten back when. Yes. Back in time, back in health. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They didn't eat as much just raw dairy. They did, but even their dairy had natural probiotics in it that right. came from the cow. Totally. But yep. we strain that out in the natural pro- in mm-hmm. the yep. process. Totally. That we put it through now. So, so okay, so where we went wrong. Okay, so where we went wrong. There's two key points that we went wrong on. One is natural leavening or fermentation. And then the one that we really want to get into today was wheat quality. Mm-hmm. So first thing I want to talk to you guys about is wheat quality. If yes, that's okay. please. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> wheat quality. If we take the phrase back in time, back in health, let's talk about ancient wheat. Ancient wheat wasn't cleaned or treated with chemical processes. Mm-hmm. They, those processes and those chemicals didn't even exist yeah. back then. And to kind of get a little bit deeper into that, modern wheat sometimes contains what are called desiccants, Mm -hmm. which we have referred to, um, one of them is called glyphosates. Yes. Glyphosates um, are commonly marketed under the name Roundup. Mm -hmm. Roundup is weed killer. We do apply it directly to our wheat supply in America, and that is often applied seven to 10 days before it is harvested to be given harvested basically to go to market. Mm -hmm. Right. The reason why we apply these desiccants, one of them being glyphosates, is because what they do is they actually dry the wheat out. They they kill it Mm -hmm. and then dry it out so it's ready to harvest. So it's dead and now they're harvesting it. Correct. But they do the manual killing. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you don't use a desiccant, Mother Nature, the sun, naturally dries that wheat out and it does have a dying process Mm -hmm. and you harvest it and then you eat it. Mm -hmm. But we are manually killing it and saying, oh, that thing that we're using to kill the wheat won't be a problem for you though. No. So we actually did an episode, you guys, on mm -hmm. glyphosate. So go back and listen to it because scientists say Mm -hmm. it doesn't harm your proteins and Mm -hmm. your cells, but it does harm the species in your gut bacteria. Yep, so, and I would believe that. So that is where the issue comes in, where it's destroying the, the species down there that help with amino acid, like synthesis, protein synthesis. So so if you like gut biome, don't eat glyphosate, Totally. Basically. So keep going. So along with that, adding those glyphosates, those desiccants, um, ancient wheat contained no additives or bromates. Mm-hmm. So an additive is what we do with our wheat now is we generally pull off different things, the bran as well as different parts of it to make it more of a milky white wheat. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, we usually pull out a lot of nutrients. So we have to add nutrients back into it manually <laughs> rather than just using the nutrients that were Which already in is it. so counterintuitive. Yeah. Why do we do this? We do this with cereal too. Mm-hmm. We, we add back in like all B vitamin, foods. all of our foods. It's yep. ridiculous. It is. Even though those nutrients were already there, but we decided to take them off to make it more approachable to the palate. But it's just like, you know, actually, if you make it the old way, it tastes even better. better. (laughs) So along with us adding additives, we add what's called bromates nowadays. Mm -hmm. Bromates are made to make the dough have a better tension and structure, which we pay for that dearly because bromates are actually identified as potentially carcinogenic substances by the FDA. Mm -hmm. America has not outlawed them, even though many European countries have. Which I could read you a long list. to be the story. I know. Yeah. Like that's, that constantly happens with yep. all products. Yes. And then we can talk about two more things. Hybridization, which is the crossbreeding of wheat over time. Mm-hmm. Every type of plant is going to be naturally hybridized. Mm-hmm. And if not naturally hybridized, there is a certain level of hybridization that is appropriate for a farmer or someone to do because right. we are part of mother nature mm-hmm. as well. So right. we can work symbiotically. Exactly. But the thing is, is are we doing so much hybridization that it's a different thing than it yeah. ever was. And our bodies can't even adapt to that because no. we've changed it so We're quickly. hybridizing it faster than our bodies hybridize. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Because we, we tend to coexist with nature. When yep. nature gets a little more rough and tough, we get a little bit yeah. more rough and tough. But this is like over decades, right? Yep. When we are hybridizing things like this, it's literally within like a year or two. Correct. And well, then it, and it, now it, our bodies are like, oh, this is a completely new substance that I'm not used to digesting. Mm-hmm. And now it's, oh, it's, it's a toxin. Yep. And, and it's a balance thing mm-hmm. because we used to care about balance and now it's all about marketability. Correct. Mm-hmm. So they are willing to sacrifice a lot of the, the underlying function and quality mm-hmm. to get a more 
marketable product. It's like what we do with dogs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We breed them into this state where they have hip problems mm-hmm. and back problems and, and nasal problems, eyesight and, issues mm-hmm. and yeah, and all of that, but they look really good. Oh, and to take the example of dogs further, think about who dogs ancestors were. They were wolves, yeah. right? right? Now think about a chihuahua. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> Our modern wheat. Right? <laughs> Our modern wheat is literally it's called dwarf wheat. Oh dwarf wheat. Ancient wheat grew tall. I'm 6'2". Mm-hmm. It grew almost as tall as me sometimes. Yeah. Wow. And modern wheat will hit my knee, maybe my hip if we're lucky, but usually my knee. And that's because we've changed it so Yeah, much. so we're eating the chihuahua of wheat now. Um, and like you might love chihuahua chihuahuas, wheat. but like, hey, they're not wolves. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love it. Okay, and then, so now let's just talk a little bit about fermentation, and then we'll go kind of more into history, what okay. history really did to wheat and how we can go back. Can I add something yes, really fast? It. Like, because wheat is very, is hybridization the same as like GMO? It's different. It I'm is. I'm so glad you brought that up. Okay. Because I actually have a lot of customers say, is this non-GMO wheat? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, it's non-GMO wheat. Yeah. So is pretty much all wheat that you're going to find. Interesting. GMO wheat is not currently legal. Oh, um, in America. Give it a minute. Yes. Yeah, but, okay. but it is, it's quickly there. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we're and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot on the market, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. But hybridization is very closely linked with GMO. Okay. Hybridization is going to be where we take wheat is a type of grass. So mm-hmm. we're going to take this type of grass that grows really short mm-hmm. and then we're going to crossbreed it with the natural normal wheat that grows really tall. So it'll grow mm-hmm. shorter and be more resistant to like falling over in the wind or something. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But then we're also going to crossbreed it with this guy so it has better shelf life and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And once you just crossbreed with everything, yeah you have a Frankenstein. That's what Frankenstein was. Yes. He was someone's arm, some guy's leg, some guy's head, you know? Exactly. And so it is a Frankenstein. I want to go back to the, the, so it's more shelf stable. Mm -hmm. So they've actually bred wheat now to Mm -hmm. have more phytic acid Mm -hmm. and lectins in it. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's listened to our anti-nutrient podcast, those things are really hard for your gut to metabolize Mm -hmm. because that's mother nature's natural preservative. Mm -hmm. That's how mother nature preserves herself Mm -hmm. with fiber and with lectins and phytic acid, which are anti-nutrients, which are kind of like microdosing on poison for us, but, but typically we have really hearty guts yeah. so we can handle it. Yeah. And in normal amounts, and in normal amounts. But and if that's the only thing that we're doing to exactly. our bodies in small amounts, <laughs> and then, yeah. then, then it's appropriate, yeah. right? Because yeah. hormesis, you know, mm-hmm. like little microdosing on stress here and there, yeah. but no, we're doing it for breakfast. We're doing it for lunch. We're doing it for dinner. We're putting it in baby's milk, right? Mm-hmm. To, to mm-hmm. you know, we're putting cereal in their milk. Now their first foods is cereal. Yeah. And now they're microdosing on this really, really hearty, hard, like potentially toxic substance that's hard to digest. Mm. And they're babies. Their GI tract isn't fully like functional yet. They're still figuring out their microbiome. Mm. You know, now we're throwing in glyphosate and they're very, very like, what's the word I'm looking for? Young, like GI tract. Non-developed. (laughs) Non-developed, exactly. Think about your school doesn't even connect until after you're born. Like your GI tract probably isn't developed either. (laughs) Well, you you don't have a fully functional, like your adult microbiome only comes in at around ages three and five. Mm -hmm. So we're giving them these first foods at like six months old, right? Like they don't have all the bacteria necessary to help them digest proper foods. And now we're giving them these Franken foods Mm. that have a lot of phytic acid, a lot of lectins. And so we're setting them up for failure. We're Starting the sure. leaky gut before their gut even had a chance. Yeah. And and that is where our problem is. Yeah. And that comes from things like hybridization. Exactly. And to find a low level hybridized wheat is really hard. Yeah. So <laughs> does that mean organic wheat is still hybridized? Or- so that's going to, organic is a catch 22. You mm-hmm. guys have probably noticed it's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But just because it says organic yes. doesn't mean mm-hmm. let's run to the bank with it. Can exactly. you explain, um, like take us down this rabbit hole because I want people yeah. to understand this because when people are like, I use my organic wheat and I, yeah. for my sourdough starter and I'm like, but you're still having gut issues. Yeah. So explain this to us so that we can understand it. So just because it's organic, that doesn't mean it can't be heavily hybridized, heavily mm-hmm. crossbred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Organic is usually, to my understanding, I do not know everything, mm-hmm. but to my understanding in this being my business, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it is going to be focusing more on things like pesticides. Mm-hmm. Glyphosates, they're not going to be touching those. So that's yes. wonderful that they're doing organic for that yes. purpose. Um, things like bromates, they won't be dealing with that. Mm-hmm. But those hybridized things that are actually like grown into the plant itself, mm-hmm. 
that can still be there. Right. Um, so it's still hard to digest. Yeah. It will still tear up your gut. Yeah. It'll still cause leaky gut, mm-hmm. even though it's organic. Yeah. Because now you don't have the glyphosate, but you yeah. still have the high amount of, of phytic acid, which totally. is shell stable, but not digestible. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And then, so now let's go a little bit into what fermentation is because we've mm. talked about wheat quality. Okay. So fermentation all throughout time, we have records dating all the way back to the Egyptians and I'm betting it happened before then because the Egyptians are kind of our, some of our earliest like intelligent records. Yeah. But so we know that pretty much all throughout time, instead of using lab produced yeast, they used fermentation to rise their bread. So lab produced mm. yeast is that most of the yeast that we're eating right now? If you say, if something has yeast in it, if mm-hmm. you went to the store and bought a yeast packet or anything like that, it is lab produced yeast. Okay. Mm. Natural yeast or fermentation, the way that that works is you get a carbohydrate and a liquid. For us, it's flour and water. Mm-hmm. You mix those two together. There are actually probiotics in the air all around us. Mm-hmm. We breathe them in every day and our body actually naturally has them inside of us. Mm-hmm. So this carbohydrate and water um, combination, those probiotics in the air actually attach to the carbohydrates and start feeding off of them. Mm -hmm. Once they gain a relationship with it, it becomes basically a base for fermentation. And once it gains a relationship to where those probiotics have really like grown a lot and it's just like really rich and full of probiotics. Mm -hmm. So- with that, and that's what a sourdough starter is. Gotcha. Is it's mm-hmm. flour, water, and then all the probiotics that attach to it from the air. Gotcha. Ours is about 16 years old, so it has a really hearty relationship with those probiotics. Your sourdough starter. It is. It's correct. like you created a mother mm-hmm. sourdough 16 years, yeah. and it just keeps going. Yes, and you, we like the age 16 personally for us. Because some people will say, oh, well, mine's 150 years, which more mm-hmm. power to them. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It probably has a great relationship with probiotics. We like the 16-year-old starter because it tends to give you a robust flavor, but also a milky undertone. Oh. So it is, it's strong. It's 16 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, it knows what it's doing with its life. <laughs> yeah. They say they do. All 16-year-olds um, so. <laughs> But um, it also has some like bendability, some like milky flavor yeah. that's underneath it, which we really like. So wait, I'm like, okay, you got to explain bread to me like I'm Five because I've never heard 16-year-old sourdough starter. Yeah. Like, like there's ages to sourdough. There is. I've never heard anyone say my sourdough is like 10 years old or 30 years old. Yeah. Or two, like I've never heard yeah. that. So what you do is you mix your carbs, so your flour yeah. and your water, and then those probiotics kind of attach to it. And then you, everyone here knows what rotting is mm. and not everyone knows what fermentation is. Mm. Rotting and fermentation are very closely linked. Yeah. Um, basically fermentation is the sister that's taken care of and rotting is the stepsister that no one loves. <laughs> so if no one loves you, you're not going to get new clothes this. and you're going to become a menace to society yeah. and you're going to poison everybody. <laughs> but if people feed you regularly, take care of you, yes. then you're going to help other people. Right. Gotcha. So fermentation is rotting that has been taken care of mm-hmm. and so that it can actually benefit you with its probiotics. That's so, really great. I love that. Yeah. That's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. So starters basically are, we get that flour and water, we mix it together and then we continually feed it with more mm-hmm. flour and water so it cool. doesn't go to rot. Very cool. Um, How and do then, you keep yeah. it 16 years old? Do you have like a new one every year? Or? So like I was saying is 16 years ago, there was flour and water mixed together, right? Mm-hmm. And then on a regular basis, we add more flour and water to that. So that way it doesn't eat through all the carbs and go down to start rotting. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So as long as we continually feed it, then it won't eat through everything and turn to rot. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have to continually feed them. But here's the thing. You also continually use them. So Mm -hmm. you feed Mm -hmm. it and you will also pull some of that out and Mm -hmm. use it as yeast in your bread. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's great. As long as you're consistently baking, you're consistently feeding and it's going to be fine. Love it. Um, so, and for those of you who do win this giveaway contest, by the way, you're going to get instructions on how to take care of your starter as well as make bread. And so this is the 16 year old starter. Yeah, this That's is yeah. really cool. So let's go a little bit more into why fermentation is actually important though. Okay. Fermentation is really, really extremely important because it pre-processes gluten and carbs. Mm-hmm. Now, some people say, oh, but I tried authentic, real fermented sourdough and it didn't work for me. What we do is what's called a double ferment. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time when you make an authentic sourdough, it's going to mean that it's sitting out in a room temperature environment for eight to 10 hours That is as its fermentation time. Mm-hmm. We double that time. 
eight hours becomes 16 hours. Mm -hmm. So it goes 16, 17 hours is about what we do because we have found that that is the amount of time and the temperature that's going to make enough fermentation. So a lot of people with autoimmune disorders can eat it. If it's any time outside that window, Mm -hmm. I cannot eat the bread. Interesting. If If any of our recipes are not in the right temperature and time window, it hurts my stomach. All right, everyone insane. listening, this is one of the reasons why we absolutely love, love, love the spread because we know that Nathan is not going to sell something <laughs> that right. he himself cannot handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We test everything on my wife who actually has a gluten intolerance. Amazing. It causes her headaches and stomach aches. Yes. And then myself who has an autoimmune disorder. Yes. Yeah. And if it doesn't hurt her, it might hurt me. Mm-hmm. Uh. If it does hurt me, we never release it to market until it's perfected. So you're still very sensitive to grains. Correct. Very. And I think I always will be. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that because I think it's important to be aware. Because mm-hmm. now you are like the thermostat in, yes. your, in your in your company. You're yep. like, oh, does it pass my test? Nope. Okay. We can't sell this. Totally. That's amazing. And even still with me being sensitive to them, I believe that they have strengthened my gut and given me the ability to have, you know, rice, legumes, mm-hmm. all those things back. Well, so, and, and I want to, I want to touch on that really quick because you know yes an elimination diet it's a great short-term like solution to healing gut and to figure out what your issue even is exactly Mm. exactly so we're taking out some of the most inflammatory potentially heavy heavier foods on Mm -hmm. your gut yeah and then we're healing it up but there is one thing that happens if we keep doing this for a long period of time for longer than three months Mm -hmm. we start losing our microbiome diversity Mm -hmm. because the average american eats 15 foods and rotates 15 foods yeah. over and over. That is not a recipe for diversity in no. your gut biome, yeah. right? And so that's why it's so important to reintroduce foods again mm-hmm. and make sure that you are feeding multiple species, multiple foods, and mm-hmm. you're rotating your foods and you're eating like 50 different kinds of foods, a okay. hundred different kinds of foods, because that's what we did in the old days. And we, we did a lot of fermentation. Tons which of fermentation. Which strengthens the gut biome as well. Exactly. And so getting good grain, mm-hmm. not Frankenstein grain, mm-hmm. not glyphosate sprayed Mm -hmm. grain, you know, fermented grain to help add to your microbiome to help break, like, because it metabolizes Mm -hmm. the gluten proteins anyway. So it's doing some work for you. Yeah. You know, like there is a time and a place for grain. Yeah. And a lot of people, that's the one thing when I'm like, I have to put you in food prison for a little bit. (laughs) That's the one thing that they're like, will I ever get to eat bread again? (laughs) And my answer has always been, I don't know. Right. But now that we have found you guys, it's a lot I'm more like, likely. I, I am way more likely to be like, mm-hmm. yes. And it can only yeah. be this. Mm-hmm. It can only be this yeah. way. And actually, now that you even say that, I just want to list some of the disorders that we have helped people with. Yeah. Awesome. Please um, do. So we have helped people many people with Hashimoto's yeah. who that Hashimoto's is inextricably linked with gluten. Mm, totally. Everyone, every no doctor, question. doctors who don't mm-hmm. believe in the gluten thing will tell you, no, you can't have gluten with Hashimoto's. So true. And the other day we had a couple who both have Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. Both of them came back and they're like, works for both of us. Like Amazing. it works for Hashimoto's people. We have fibromyalgia myself. Mm-hmm. We have, um, oh, what is it called with, uh, ultra ulcerative colitis. We yes. have, your basic sensitivities. We also have some people who have celiacs. I never recommend a fermented clean wheat to a celiac. I've never said you should eat this, mm-hmm. but some people say, you know what? I want to try it. And then they come back and they say, I want to keep seeing how this works for me. And Amazing. they keep doing that. And if someone wants to do that, I just recommend that they're in close relationship with their doctor Yeah, because with celiacs, the Gluten actually does hurt your gut biome really mm-hmm. badly. So we want to make sure that you're in close proximity to a doctor with that. Right. But and then we've helped so many other people with a huge wide array of all these different autoimmune disorders like Graves disease or mm-hmm. and all these other ones that, you know, they're all such long names that I'm not remembering them right now. But there's over a hundred different immune yeah. autoimmune issues now. And yeah. that list keeps like bouncing up and totally. up and up. And it's like people are like, why is this happening? It's so weird. Yeah. And I'm like, look at our environment. Yeah. <laughs> like our environment is hostile to our digestive tract and our yeah. digestive tract governs our immune system. Totally. So okay, so can you tell us about your guys's wheat? Where do you get it from? How did you find it? For sure. Like Yeah. So we actually source our wheat from Southeast Idaho. It's very important that when you're trying to source clean wheat that you talk to the suppliers mm-hmm. themselves. And do you know your supplier we really do. well? Yes, awesome. we do. 
And we, we've interviewed them multiple times. We actually interviewed them again this week because awesome. we're like, we tell our customers this and we want it, even though you asked you before, we're about to do a podcast. We need to just yeah. reconfirm everything. Yes. <laughs> so we did. Yes. And something that's crazy about this wheat. Um, when I first got it, I was like, this is whole wheat. It is white mm-hmm. wheat. And it tastes, has that like nice approachable flavor that we yeah. love in the, in the bad white bread. White bread. Uh-huh, exactly. But it's whole wheat. Mm-hmm. This wheat is natural, hard white winter wheat that grows in a natural white kind of like milky approachable flavor. Mm-hmm. That's actually normal. Mm-hmm. It's been a big marketing thing that we've said things have to be of a red or a brown color in order right. to be whole wheat. Mm. Right. All, every product that we make from our cake to our noodles, to our bread, all of it is whole wheat, even mm-hmm. our cake, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because you can do that. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, we, like I said, we interview our suppliers directly. It's important to ask them those hard-hitting questions about glyphosates, mm-hmm. about chemicals in general. Our wheat, again, has zero chemicals applied to it, even during the cleaning mm-hmm. process. Um, so how did this supplier get non-Frankensteined wheat? Yeah. Like... Do you know? I don't That's know probably like a trade full secret, but, story, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But I do know that it has been in the family for a very long time. Oh, so cool. if I'm going to get they're down to it, school. they got it because their family has been doing it for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. Yeah. And then I just wanted to mention a couple more things about fermentation. So mm-hmm. we do, again, a double heavy ferment, which breaks down gluten and carbs. So they're pre-digested for you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like having a stomach outside of you that does the work. Great. Yeah. Yes. Um, so not only does it break down those gluten and carbs for you, when it breaks down those carbs, it actually lowers the GI of the carbs. What that means is when someone eats sugar or when they eat normal bread, their blood sugar, boom, shoots yes. up, mm-hmm. which is very bad for you, whether you have insulin resistance or not. Mm-hmm. Which is why mm-hmm. I take everyone off of grains mm-hmm. because of that of insulin spike. Yes, it's yeah. one of the reasons mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm just like, I, you can't. And, and my clients said- It's really hard on you to have so those. It's so hard. And you know what's interesting is everyone over COVID mm-hmm. started making sourdough mm-hmm. bread. And I kept having clients be like, I keep gaining weight. <laughs> and I'm like, because you're eating starchy food. Yeah, 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 you know, right. and, and they're like, but it's sourdough. And I'm like, it's still starchy. Yeah. So you're saying that this doesn't yeah. increase blood glucose and yeah. insulin. So what we're doing is again, a double heavy ferment. Mm-hmm. And what it does is anything that you eat that has some carb structure is obviously going to cause some blood insulin yes. release. Broccoli will. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, but what the difference is, is versus is low GI versus high GI. Mm-hmm. Low GI means that when it releases into your bloodstream, it releases slowly. Yes. It looks like a curve, a mm-hmm. friendly curve. Yes. <laughs> now, when it's high GI, it releases fast. Spikes. Boom, sharp mm-hmm. spike, like mm-hmm. a knife, because that's what it does to you. <laughs> yes. um, and it's like whiplash. It's hormonal whiplash. Exactly. And you we know, feel that. Imagine someone being really happy and then like yelling at you the next second. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're hormones are doing they're yeah. like holy cow something's coming here right yeah and our bodies aren't supposed yeah. to have those fluctuations and yeah. that whiplash and hormones and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about people the type of disorders that people have that can eat mm-hmm. this we have people that have insulin resistance mm-hmm. that obviously are very aware of their insulin levels yes. mm-hmm. ours is the only bread they can eat that's amazing the only bread and so it's really helpful to a lot of people that's really cool now is that because because again, grains are grainy, they're starchy. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, do you know why that's happening? So when you use a normal yeast, mm-hmm. you're again using a lab produced yeast. And mm-hmm. the reason why we made lab produced yeast is so that it could be fast acting, yeah. so that it could make bread fast because mm-hmm. modernity equals fast, but yeah. that also equals other drawbacks. Mm-hmm. So with that fast acting yeast, the probiotic in our yeast is called lactobacillus. Mm-hmm. You notice the word lacto. Because that's in your gut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you also lacto like lactic acid Mm -hmm. and things like that. And also if you were to get a bottle of probiotics, lactobacillus is going to be in there. It's one of the most Mm -hmm. common probiotics. But anyways, what I was meaning to say is lacto often is with the word acid. Mm -hmm. So because this starter has an acidic element to it, Mm -hmm. it's able to break things down heavily. So like you said, it's digested Mm -hmm. now. It's pre-digested. It's already broken down that starch. Yeah. Whereas a normal yeast, because it's fast acting and doesn't have an acid element Mm -hmm. to it, it will not break down as deeply. Gotcha. So that natural, the the lab produced yeast has really Mm -hmm. taken away that pre-digestion. So is that true for all sourdough breads or because yours has been like double fermented? That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the grocery store today and buy some sourdough, 
probably none of the health benefits that I have said will apply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason. First of all, their wheat supplies grocery store wheat. Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. that. Right. But second of all, if you go to the grocery store and buy sourdough, nine times out of 10, it is not even real sourdough. Mm-hmm. What yeah. they do at the grocery store is they will use starter. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I've explained, but they will also mix it with lab produced yeast so okay. that it's still fast acting. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, because the ferment doesn't get as heavy and so it doesn't give as much flavor, mm-hmm. they add things like vinegar mm-hmm. and other fermented things mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. To give it the flavor, but gotcha. they don't realize that sourdough isn't about flavor. It's about health. Right. And so a lot of people will come to us and they say, oh, I don't like sourdough. And then they try it and they're like, oh, wait, oh, I like so sourdough. Yeah. And it's because they've only had grocery store sourdough. Right. Who likes the flavor of vinegar? No one. Like right. if you like mm-hmm. vinegar chips, that's that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. But often if we add vinegar to things it's not the most right. approachable flavor. Right. So people don't like grocery store sourdough for taste, but also for health. And really. so if someone goes and makes sourdough at home. Yes. Like, so that sugar spike isn't going to happen because it's Correct. sour. It's, yes. it's fermented. As long as they ferment it deeply enough. And the deeper they ferment it, the less of a spike they're going to get. Okay. And obviously I can't say there's not going to be any, you know, carbohydrate reaction. You are eating a carbohydrate, mm-hmm. right. but you're eating a much safer but, and, and we can verify what you've said because mm-hmm. when you brought that loaf in, we had some people come and try it mm-hmm. and test their blood sugar. They didn't get the spikes yeah. that they usually get from yep. it. That's really great. So, That's really so cool. So it's really cool. I love it. Um, do you guys kind of want me to go into a history element or where do we want to go from here? What are we doing on time? We're at like, it's like 41, we're at 41 minutes. We've got some time, so yeah. we can. So yeah. we'll just do a quick overview of just kind of what the history of wheat has looked like. Because mm-hmm. again, this is how we started. We said back in time, back in health. Let's see Let's what things it. really were like. So mm-hmm. starting with ancient Egypt, that's again, kind of some of our first intelligent yes. records. We know in Egypt, you can actually find remnants of, of sourdough starter or natural leavening mm-hmm. um, on like adobe structures in egypt which is really cool yeah there are ancient strains of wheat that we can find in egyptian tombs such as um what is branded as kamut mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um kamut is a brand it's not actually a grain oh. so we actually know how to source what's called kohorasan which is the actual grain mm-hmm. kamut again is a brand but we do source kohorasan which mm-hmm. you'll find that on our website if you want to order some of that as well very cool um and this Kohorasan was found in ancient tombs. Um, and then and that's how they got that ancient grain and brought it into modernity. So so are you saying that the grain they found was like viable? They were able to... Yeah, they were able to get propagate from, from there. Area. And like, I don't know what the process looked like yeah. fully. But yeah, that's kind that's of cool. where the baseline started from for that them. That is so cool. Um, and then also kind of going along that line of like wheat being able to be preserved and stuff. Yeah. Um, the Bible, which again, just looking at it as a historical document rather than religious, the Bible says Egypt survived a famine via a storage of wheat. Mm-hmm. I think that that's historically accurate. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what the different kinds of, like what are your most favorite grains? What should we be gravitating towards? Because mm-hmm. I hear a lot of like... Um, uh, what's the one that Probably your mom heard of likes? Einkorn, Kamut. Einkorn, yes. Yeah, Einkorn is a brand. One that my yes. mom really likes. So, um, Einkorn is a great grain. It is also more of an Egyptian ancient grain. Mm-hmm. That grain is going to have more of a nutty flavor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have as high of a gluten content, which might sound like a wonderful thing, and for some it is. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: um, it's really hard to bake with. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make. Yeah. Wonderful pancakes, cookies, things that you can make gluten-free yeah. relatively easily. Yeah. You can make with things that corn. don't have to rise. Too correct. Much. Yeah. Correct. But if we're going to talk like a bread, um, you need some of that gluten support mm-hmm. to make the bread. Okay. Einkorn is a great product though, and it does produce good things. It's just limited in what types mm-hmm. of things it can produce. Okay. And then Kohorasan, or again, it is branded about. as Kamut, but Kohorasan, the grain, is another good one. It's going to behave a lot like einkorn. Okay. And it's going to have that nutty texture. It's going to have, or not texture, but rather flavor. And it's going to have um, a little bit less of that gluten content. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the one that you guys have is specifically... Correct. Ours is wheat. Wheat. Ours it's is just straight up pe- wheat. Correct. Real wheat. And so ours is going to date back to pioneer times. Mm-hmm. There wasn't all that heavy hybridization and crossbreeding and crazy stuff mm-hmm. happening in, hy- in pioneer times. So let's, I guess, kind of keep going down this timeline and get to pioneer times. And okay. Totally. From there. Are there, before we do, because mm-hmm. I feel like 
knowing more of like the different types yeah. of grains, what other ones should people be gravitating oh, towards? Yeah, spelt. Spelt is another great one. Okay. Um, and spelt is actually one of the lowest on the GI table. Mm-hmm. We, we discussed GI earlier mm-hmm. because it's lower on that table. It's not going to spike your blood sugar as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also um, it is a lot easier for people with gluten issues and things to work with. Can they like do the ferment thing with that? They can. They can. Yes. So they can ferment that one. They can't ferment einkorn. Is that correct? You can ferment any grain that we've named here. You can. Any one. Okay. Um, it's just going to depend on the gluten content as to what kind of result you're going to see from yeah. mm-hmm. rising in breads. And you know what? You you do classes on we this, do. right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this should be a class because oh, yeah. I don't know anything about baking with grains. I've tried to keep things alive. I can't mm-hmm. even keep my plants alive. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to feed sourdough yeah. because it's intimidating. <laughs> like, isn't that yeah. weird? Like I'm intimidated by grains. Yeah. They just seem really hard to work with. Totally. Because part of me, like I've just, from what I've learned, I'm like, well, they're inflammatory anyway. So why would I even want to get to know these yeah, guys? Right. Totally. Like they spike blood sugar. They cause a lot of GI distress. Like why even invest time into yeah. this? So you have classes where you teach people how to do this. You teach people how to identify the the good parts of each grain. Totally. Do you recommend everyone uses a wide variety of grains all the time? I think wide variety is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I prefer wheat as my base just because that's kind of what has been throughout history. Yeah. But that's because of what I've been able to do to get it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. not everyone, that's not going to work for everyone. Sometimes mm-hmm. for some people, it's like quinoa's got to be my base, or, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. my base for... A year and a half. Yeah. Um, quinoa, potatoes, oats, you know, those and, kind of and things. And quinoa is a seed. It is. It's yeah. not even actually yeah. technically yeah, it's not even a grain. A grain. <laughs> it is not. You're right. And mm-hmm. so really the only grain I was having during that time was oats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you're right. It's not even a grain. It right. just kind of, when people ask me, I'm like, I'm, I always say oats and quinoa. Like if you have to eat something that's carby, mm-hmm. like make sure it's really good oats. Make sure like you're not make reacting sure to that. Make sure there's no glyphosate in it. no glyphosate. <laughs> Which and is a good thing to go organic on. Organic oats are a great option. Yes. But yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Let's finish the history thing because yeah. I, I kind of like no, sliced in the middle totally there. No, you're fine. So yeah, spelt is another great option. Cohorasan. Um, we don't currently carry einkorn at our store, but you can always go on our shop and buy any of our grains too. Mm-hmm. Um, so now let's just talk the Bible times. We talk about bread all throughout the Bible. We talk about unleavened bread, Mm -hmm. meaning there was leavened bread. The only leaven they had back then was sourdough starter. They didn't have Mm. labs to make Mm -hmm. yeast. Yes. We have literally a parable of the leaven in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Christ himself is called the bread of life, which whether he is, you know, the son of God or whatever, he is a important historical figure for that period. Mm -hmm. So referring to him as the bread of life is going to mean that bread was, that was their nutrients. That was their base. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So just popping over now to pioneer times, which this is the time that our grains were coming from pioneer times. Mm -hmm. Um, During this time, there is a huge likelihood. In fact, it's beyond likelihood. It's fact that people survived heavily off of fermented foods, Mm -hmm. which was Mm -hmm. great for their gut biome. Great for just having all types of things all year round and real food year round. Um, some families actually have sourdough starts brought across the plains by their pioneer ancestors. We live in the Northwest. We're in the Utah area. So there's a lot of people who have pioneer ancestry here and are proud of it. Right. And they have, you know, 150 year old, 200 year old starters from those people. Um, something about, the pioneers again most of the west was settled by people who like either drug hand carts or like had oxen pole things across the nation which is crazy so weight was really important you didn't want to bring all of your heavy antiques with you Mm because you wouldn't make it Mm -hmm. you would probably die yeah if you brought all that stuff yeah so weight was important adults could only bring 15 pounds of personal items with them wow that's insane and you know, 13 to 17, somewhere in there. So 15 is a good median to go with. Yeah. But here's the thing. Along with their personal items, every adult was assigned 200 pounds of flour. That's insane. Because they knew. That's what they had to eat. Every pound of that flour was worth the steps that they had to drag it across Mm -hmm. the nation. They knew there's no way I'm going to get there unless I bring this with me. Right. And do you think pioneers could have walked across the nation on Wonder Bread? No. No. (laughs) The only reason why this worked is because... They had again had really quality grains mm-hmm. that hadn't been through the processes mm-hmm. that we have now. Yeah. But also the fermentation that they did to make their bread actually breaks down walls mm-hmm. so that you can get deeper nutrients into your system. Wow. Really cool. So they were not surviving on Wonder Bread. They had deep nutrients mm-hmm. that they were accessing from these grains because yeah. the fermentation unlocked those nutrients. That's so cool. Um, it is. 
That's really cool. Yeah. And it's also suggested again, that many of these pioneers survived on a diet largely made of bread. Mm -hmm. So sourdough because of its higher nutrient content is what get them across. You know, what I'm hearing here is it's so sad how we've bastardized grains. Yes. Mm -hmm. So sad. Like there really is so much value to it. And what we have right now is, is something to line the pockets of massive corporations. Oh, I love that you just said that. (laughs) Because it makes me so angry because our, our nutrition and our health is, it's a marketing gimmick, mm-hmm. right? It's, yeah. it's to make people money. It's no longer about feeding the nation. Yeah. It's putting empty calories that are now destroying our guts mm-hmm. and destroying our bodies. Totally. And then we just take a medication for that. So now we're feeding two massive corporations, right? Big pharma, big, yeah. big agriculture. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's really sad. Yes. And I completely agree with what was just said. Now, here's something to think about. Did it start that way? And I would say, I don't think it started that way. And here's why. If we're going to move on the timeline down to war times, which is when everything started changing for the grain game. World War II, right? Correct. World War II was when Mm -hmm. a lot of technological advancements were taking place Mm -hmm. because this was a huge war. This was a time when we really needed to Mm -hmm. like put government funding into things. It was a necessity for for survival, really. Mm -hmm. A lot of technological advances happened because of wars. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is one of those times. In World War II, lab-produced yeast actually started becoming a thing. Interesting. The reason why is so that we could make fast bread yeah. for soldiers, for other things like that. Again, mm-hmm. te- technological advances because of war. Right. No way do I believe that there was an evil overseer wanting no. that yeast produced. They didn't know but enough Where yet. have we gone with mm-hmm. it now? Right. Yeah. What do we know now and are we not reneging on that's kind of what i'm because like we hit hard with research in the 70s and the 80s and like scientists were knowing better right and they just weren't saying anything because they're like but we're making money we can't renege Mm -hmm. yeah and and my boss tells me i can't release this research so i'm not going to yeah um so that's that's really interesting that it was a necessity so Mm -hmm. they did cut corners but then like years later Mm -hmm. we were realizing oh this is probably bad for us that's probably where it got a little diabolical Mm -hmm. now now here's the thing too because tristan and i talk about Pottinger's cats all the time. Mm-hmm. Pottinger had cats. Will you? And we've mentioned this. In yeah, the we talk about it in most episodes. Mm-hmm. So, so this guy Pottinger, he he had cats, and he was experimenting on their diet. So, uh-huh. he took healthy cats and he replaced their natural foods with synthetic, you know, fake food. Basically, yeah. mm-hmm. first generation they get sick. Yeah, second generation even sicker. And it just goes on and on and on. Interesting. Like, so then they're like, okay, well, we're going to reverse this now. So they put the cats back on natural yeah. whole food diets. Took them four generations. To get back from a three generation. It, well, no, even from the first generation. Oh, really? Even from one generation of bad eating, it took four generations of good eating to get back to the health levels. Which I have my surprise voice on, but I'm not actually surprised. Because now I'm thinking back to World War II. Those were our grandparents. Correct. Right? And so they probably started off with real food. Correct. Like mm-hmm. the breaking down in their GI tracts started maybe in their 20s and their thirties, they probably didn't feel they the effects of that. At least had an established gut, right? And yeah. then, and then we have so those were our grandparents, and then we have our parents mm-hmm. who are now in this like this this change in mm-hmm. you know the the foods and technology, and so mm-hmm. so Franken food started creeping more and more and more into their lifestyles, yes. and then towards their fifties and their sixties, they start to get health issues. Then there's our mm-hmm. our generation who we are getting sick in like late teens, twenties and thirties yeah. and forties. Thir- now 13, 14 yeah, years old. It was, old, it was right? just my beginning teen mm-hmm. years. Like, yeah. Right. But like there. everything like hit rock bottom in like your twenties and your thirties. And yeah. that's what's happening with our generation. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone, like people, most people that come to our clinic are like thirties. Yeah. And they're like, I've been on this medical America around for like five to 10 years yeah. already. And now what I'm seeing are five, six, seven-year-old kids mm-hmm. yeah. that all have gut issues, autoimmune issues. And I say this all the time, allergies since the 90s, mid-90s has tripled yeah. mm-hmm. in and children. I, I believe that. Like mm-hmm. our kids are sick. Yeah. And so we were living Pottinger's cats. Yeah. And mm-hmm. grains was one of the things that like triggered that, that mm-hmm. started that And fire. I believe that. And grains, like in the standard American diet, that's all we eat. We eat mm-hmm. pasta, we eat bread, we mm-hmm. eat cereal, we eat, what else do we eat? 
Donuts. Donuts. Bagels. Burgers with the buns. <laughs> Do you know what? Like everything comes from Frankenstein's grain. Yeah. Or any packaged good is going to have grain. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. Is any exactly. So we are in that third generation of Pottinger's cats, but with no reversal. Yeah. Right. And we're trying to reverse it now ourselves. And just to kind of go a little bit more into like our parents' era. So like my parents got married in 1977. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm only 30, but I'm the youngest child of eight. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of kids. <laughs> but so they're older to be my parents. But so they were married in 1977. Mm -hmm. Um, during the war times, the green revolution started happening. Mm -hmm. This meant that we started crossbreeding our wheat a ton. We Mm -hmm. started taking Mm -hmm. that wolf and turning it into a chihuahua. (laughs) Hardcore. Uh In fact, a man named Norman Burlog actually won the Nobel Peace Prize in Mm -hmm. 1970. So my parents' generation, 1970. Because of his hybridization efforts, wow. he's credited with saving a billion lives wow. across the world because of hybridization of wheat specifically. Mm. That shows if we're going to award the Nobel Peace Prize yeah. to someone for hybridizing wheat, yeah. Yeah. not only has it been heavily hybridized, but it's mm-hmm. been a focus. Yep. Yep. Yes. And do I believe that Norman Borlaug was an evil man? No, no. he mm-hmm. saved billions of lives. Yeah. Do I believe that we know information that we should probably go back on now? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. And even going a little bit more into our parents' generation, 1974 was when glyphosates were really invented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 1980 was when wheat application of glyphosate started happening in Scotland, which was the first place to do that. Mm-hmm. And then they started doing that in the Americas and things like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, we see a resurgence of this hybridization green revolution in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. So we see Nathan Hessing right here, owner yeah. of Time Traveler's <laughs> Bakery, who was born in 1990. Mm-hmm. That is the cusp of when everything, everything had changed. finally hit. Wow. Yep. Everyone in my generation is mm-hmm. experiencing this. Yep. Yep. Everyone, Everyone born between, you know, from the nineties onward or yep. the eighties, you know, we're mm-hmm. yep. if you or your best friend doesn't have it, like oh my gosh, you're amazing. so lucky. <laughs> amazing. Right? Like you don't yeah. have like energy issues. Amazing. Yeah. You don't have to take a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. right. It it really is amazing when you come across a healthy person now. Yeah. Actually, I think was it correct me if I'm wrong, because you'll probably know this, but it was decided that by in nineteen ninety six, that's mm-hmm. when they started using glyphosate as the desiccant. And that mm-hmm. is when child childhood um allergies started to like just go through the roof yeah i don't Mm. know that one for positive but Mm. i believe you because if we're just going to look at numbers Mm -hmm. (laughs) we know that things have happened Mm. since the 90s exactly (laughs) and and, you know they were using glyphosate just generally but then to use it as a desiccant so you said 10 days before harvest right Mm -hmm. seven to ten days before harvest to dry it out Mm -hmm. so they stopped doing natural drying out and they started desiccating it with mm-hmm. uh, with glyphosate. And that mm-hmm. started in 96. Mm-hmm. And now we're all just like leaky yeah. gut through the roof. And you will find, like, if you were to look this up on Snopes.com, for example, like mm-hmm. glyphosates, yeah. they would say, oh, yeah, glyphosates are not really an issue. But you will also find in there that desiccants are used that are not glyphosates mm-hmm. but nonetheless they're used to kill everything right, right. it doesn't have to be labeled glyphosate to right. be a bad thing if it's right. going to kill all the organic material mm-hmm. it's probably not a great thing to ingest yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly it's like oh this is rat poison it only kills rats yeah it's safe for you yeah oh no it's not so uh-huh. um okay well i feel like why don't you tell people mm-hmm how they can find you. And we have a discount code. We're going to do a giveaway. Mm -hmm. Tell people about your company and like, where are your channels? How can they get your bread? How can they get your sourdough? How can they buy your flour? Because, and and tell them the menu, like what do you offer? Oh yeah. yeah. I love this. So, we um, we actually are just signing for a storefront in downtown Provo, which we're uber excited about. The grand opening of that storefront is coming in November, but currently anyone can order any product that they want online as well as come to farmer's markets mm-hmm. to get it. We are at the Sunset Farmer's Markets, so you can look those up on Google. Mm-hmm. They're in Orem, Utah, as well as um, Springville, Utah. And yep. um, we also occasionally do other farmer's markets around the valley, but Sunset and Um, Sunset Farmers Market, so it's run through the end of October, and then, you know, three days later is our grand opening. Um, So again, timetravelersbakery.com is where you find any of our product to order it. You can also have it shipped to you. Right now, we currently offer our classic sourdough, which tastes amazing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and tastes like white bread, even though it's whole wheat. Mm -hmm. 
even though everything that we make is whole wheat. We also have our honey wheat, which is going to taste a tiny bit like a Hawaiian sweet roll. Don't worry, wow. no sugar. We never add sugar to anything unless it's labeled as a dessert because that's mm-hmm. the only place that sugar belongs. Again, mm-hmm. yeah. you know you're eating it. That's mm-hmm. the yes. time you should be eating it. Yes. And so we have, again, that honey wheat loaf, which is only sweetened with honey. Um, you mentioned cakes. Do you guys mm-hmm. make cakes? We do. Like, and you have to special order. It, yeah. Right? And those cakes we don't currently have for ordering yet. That's going to be mm-hmm. something once we have our storefront open, mm-hmm. yes. we're going to you know, cool. do that probably within the month of having it open. Another recipe that we'll be releasing when our storefront opens around that time is our sourdough noodles. They Ooh. are to oh die gosh. for. Imagine sourdough bread, but yes. like that taste in a noodle form. It gives it this like savory twist Amazing. it's so good um and then we also do um a sourdough pie crust which actually at this point it's not sour it is a sweet crust mm-hmm. um and we might release one that is actually sour later for like a cool. pot pie or something like that cool um, nice yeah. and so and also you guys if you order how do they order and pick up from our store because totally. we are yep. actually going to be having you guys if you want, you can pick order online and mm-hmm. pick up from Provo Health. Correct. If you're local. Yeah. So which is we, right by Sprouts. Go get your groceries, pick up your bread on the way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hello. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You guys. It's a no-brainer. Also, if you guys go online, and I'm gonna have Nathan explain this mm-hmm. all to you, we have a discount for you guys. Mm-hmm. So it's a 10% discount if you use the code Gutsy. Correct. G-U-T-S-Y. Yep. And so you can order your bread online, you can order your weed, have it shipped to you, order mm-hmm. your sourdough, have it sh- or your your starter, have mm-hmm. it shipped to you with that code and 10% off. Or if you're local and you're like me and you just don't have time to sing to sourdough starter (laughs) and make your own bread and you just want it made by the hands of Nathan and his (laughs) wife and you just want to pick it up and eat it, Mm -hmm. then you can order that online as well with that gutsy uh, discount code and pick it up from Provo Health. Correct. So how does that process work? So you guys will hop online. You'll click shop now. Mm -hmm. Pretty pretty Mm self-explanatory. Select any product that you want. Put it in your cart. Um, when you're checking out, it's going to say, it's going to say, do you want this shipped to you or do you want to pick it up? Mm. You'll select, Hey, I want to pick this up. And of course you're going to select that you want to pick it up at Provo health because Mm -hmm. they're the best and they're the best (laughs) routes. And because we're by sprouts. (laughs) Um, and then also on top of that, when you're checking out, it's going to ask for, if there's any codes that you want to apply, you're going to just type in gutsy G U T S Y. Mm -hmm. And that'll give you that 10% off and make sure. And again, you'll be selecting that you can pick it up right at their location and it'll be great. That's so great. I can't wait. And, and you guys, we wouldn't, we have tons of companies that come into our stores that we vet, that we, we turn away. And so to get bread, you guys, <laughs> like really Seriously. to get bread mm-hmm. picked up from my clinic <laughs> is saying a lot. Okay. <laughs> like I would never allow this if I didn't approve of it. And so this actually has the Shanique stamp of approval. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it does. Like, otherwise you wouldn't be on the podcast. Yeah, like, of course. Oh, no, for like, real though. Like, I am not in the business of selling bread, mm-hmm. but people love bread. They mm-hmm. love it. They love their wheat. Yep. And I want people who are on a healing journey to not feel like they are in food prison yep. all the time. They, you have a better choice. Yep. And your, your healing journey doesn't have to be the law of Moses. It doesn't. It's not a law that says this, yes, this, no, yep. you can listen to your body. Yes. You can progress. Like exactly. Of course, all learning starts with rule-based learning, mm-hmm. but don't think that you have to be stuck there forever. Exactly. So that. important exactly. to not be stuck with rules forever mm-hmm. and eventually have those rules be something that your body can answer to. Exactly. The key is you just have to be honest with yourself, yes. mm-hmm. right? Don't and, yeah. don't do something and, and rationalize it because your body knows you're lying. Totally. Exactly. And I just kind of wanted to bounce off that. This bread is not going to work for everyone. Mm-hmm. I do not want to pretend that it will work for everyone. Right. But here's the thing. If it works for you, it'll change your life. Exactly. It changed my life. Mm-hmm. Like my hair was falling out. I couldn't run for a while. I thought I'd be in a wheelchair. Right. Like it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I've met so many people that it's changed theirs. And right. again, I'm not going to say it will or won't work for you, but give it a try. Exactly. And you can pick up again, the wheat, the bread, any of that at their place, but exactly. it could really be helpful for you. I feel a little bad because our kids, they, they don't eat a lot of bread. So when we do, and the yeah. bread that we, we've bought until you is the Abigail's oven. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like once a month, that's what they get. And it's gone Almost. in like 24 hours. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm fine buying more bread now. Yeah. Having them eat it because they love it. And kids need carbs because they're running around they all do. the time. Mm-hmm. And he, the one thing I want to 
leave off on is the more there's studies that show that omnivores have more gut biodiversity than vegans and vegetarians. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of the food variety. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we need to, like, I know I said this earlier and I'm going to say it again. Research shows the more like variety in foods you have and grains is part of that. Mm -hmm. The more gut biodiversity you're going to have, the healthier Mm -hmm. your immune system, the the happier you're going to be. And so if this is, if bread is just something you're in love with and you need a clean source, a non-Frankenstein bread, one that's organic. I know this isn't an organic certification, but it is. It meets yes, those standards. It's organic levels and it's actually and beyond it's organic beyond levels. Beyond organic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We don't run it through the certification process because we want you to actually pay a reasonable price. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but we do certify totally. it ourselves. Exactly. So. so if you guys, if, if you are at the point where you're like, you know what? My gut is healing. I need to reintroduce greens again. I miss baking with flour. Mm -hmm. Then go to timetravelersbakery.com and start ordering and falling in love with greens again. We'll be uploading a series of classes here within, you know, the next while. And we'd love to teach you. This is something that's important for people to know. Thank you so much. This has been so great. Before we go, we need to give people the link to the giveaway. The giveaway. Gutsy.ch forward slash bread. Gutsy.ch forward slash bread. So you're just going to go there. You're going to enter in your details. Go there, put in your name and your email address. And we will contact the the five winners Mm -hmm. personally. And we'll say, you guys get your sourdough starter because we love you. You (laughs) Thank you for checking in, Nathan. Thank Thank you you. so much. This is awesome. I'm so glad that I could come. I I hope it blesses everybody. I have learned so much. So anything you want to say, Tris? No, this honestly, it. You've got to try this bread. Try the bread. Even if if you live in Alaska, get the starter. Yeah. And make some at home. You will not regret it. And we are currently opening up nationwide shipping. So Mm -hmm. if that ever opens for your area, give her a try. See how she works for you. You guys, I can't believe we did a whole podcast episode on bread. Like I can't believe it. I never thought thought this day would come. But I hope there's a lot of happy people out there that are like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna try this again. I've healed enough. I'm going to reintroduce it. I'm going to make my life a little bit happier because food is meant to be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Eating healthy is fun. Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. All right. And bread is one of those nostalgic mm-hmm. ingredients that we've all grown up on. Right. And mm-hmm. so hopefully this brings you a little bit of joy. And we are and very excited to hear from all of you about yes. how it goes. Please tell us, like give us feedback and tell us how much you love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next time. Talk to you later. Thanks guys.